Work all day has got me sick I'm tired of all the politics Only one thing does the trick Time for broken shtick Part hockey, part comedy You get all of your kicks for free There's only one place to be Here on Broken Shtick The world is changing, don't you blink Outside and inside the rink Go and pour yourself a drink It's even later than you think Just played you a trick And you feel like a lunatic Grab a puck and a stick real quick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick It's time for broken shtick Hey everyone, welcome to broken shtick Singular, no S uh, <laughs> Welcome back We are very glad to have you uh, uh, Our guest this week Is someone uh, that I planned on having In the first few episodes uh, When I had this idea for a podcast but it happens to be, uh, I didn't realize he would be the producer of the show. It's our producer, John Rosenberger. Oh, hey, how are you? I've finally, <laughs> finally, after years of producing podcasts, I've learned that I don't need to raise my hand because it's not a, a visual medium. I was waiting for it. <laughs> so people don't need to look to find me. I'm right here. I was ready to wave back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. How was your week? What's that? How was your week? I saw you did some winter things. Some... Oh, holy shit. So, yeah. So for my girlfriend's birthday, we did a series of winter adventures. We went to uh, the UP, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and we did everything associated with winter besides skiing. But we, <laughs> we, we, we snowshoed, we, we played hockey, we, uh, we, we, we rented a snowmobile for a day, and we went dog sledding. Yeah, the dog sledding thing really blew my mind. Yeah, it was fantastic. Man, that's so cool. It was. It was. It was like this thing right, right on the border of Wisconsin, and it was like uh, they have. It's kind of like a rescue for sled dogs, where they just kind of take in retired sled dogs that aren't up to par anymore. But I mean, they're still sled dogs, so they still really want to like go pull a sled. So they take them out and just have them have them pull around tourists like me. I, you know, I've been fascinated with that general concept. Um, I'm on, I, I follow, I'm very barely on TikTok, but one of the accounts that I follow is this account of uh, essentially a rescued beaver and it still wants to be a beaver. So it just walks around the house of the lady who rescued it, like building dams out of stuff like their toilet plungers and whatnot. Okay. So fascinating to me that these animals can just have that instinct still in them for so long, you know? And it builds dams in her house? Yeah, like it doesn't, it doesn't, it, there's no water in her house, so it's not yeah. a full dam, but it, she just like shows videos of it like stacking uh, like bar stools and whatnot in the entranceway to their kitchen. <laughs> oh my God, now we get so old. <laughs> yeah, and it's one of those things where I'm like, I, I could see this being very endearing for a little bit of time yeah, and hating it for the rest of the time. Oh, don't get me wrong. Even with the image of how annoying I think it would be, I would be yeah. stoked if someone knocked on my door right now and gave me a pet beaver. <laughs> You're like, awesome. Oh man, it's going to be so annoying when he dams up the, the way to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, that is very funny. Um, yeah, these dogs, these dogs were fantastic. They were like that. 
I always suspected, I've never done it before, but I was like, people are, people that are like, oh, dog sledding's cruel. And I know there are people in like the Iditarod who push their dogs too hard and, and fuck them up. But I mean, these dogs, like, they were so fucking stoked to be tied to the sled. You, you literally have to tie the sled to like a vehicle, like anchor it down while you're setting all the dogs up. Otherwise they'll just take off and drag the sled off and go on their own fucking adventure. But it was, it was really cool. And then the snowmobiling, which out there, like, I don't know if they, if they purposely do it, but all the roads are just covered in snow. Like, I don't know if they like pick the plow up a few inches, but yeah, we just went from town to town in a snowmobile and there's a lot of like snowmobile trails too, but it was like, you know, <laughs> at like 8 PM, we were like, fuck, we gotta, we gotta go return the snowmobile. And it's like 30 miles away. And so we're just like ripping through the, the <laughs> night with a, with a one big headlight, just, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it ruled. It was uh snowmobiles, the snow rocket, snow rocket, snock it, rocket, snock it, rocket. <laughs> and then uh, to top it all off, last night we got back to Iowa and it was a pretty good blizzard. It snowed about a foot. And uh, I tend to tie one on real hard when I'm, during a blizzard. I love blizzards. Mm-hmm. So I, one of my favorite things. Yeah, I drank and then I went out for an adventure and then I spent today the most hungover I've been in at least six months. Just slept till three, just threw up all morning. Uh, just, you know, a really good blizzard. You know how, you know how blizzards end? Yeah. I mean, I, Friday was my birthday. Oh yes. Happy birthday. Thank you. And we played, uh, an online, we did an online power hour. How'd it go? Oh, we drank way more than 60 shots of beer, man. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think that, what brought it to my mind right now was I was like, I think Saturday is probably the most hungover I've been probably since the first couple weeks of the pandemic when I was just like, I don't have anywhere to be. I'm just going to get hammered every night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a pretty good drinker and uh, it's pretty rare that I'm like, you know, I'll wake up a little groggy, but like, as far as mm-hmm. like so over that, it like kind of ruins your next day. It probably happens to me like, twice a year yeah and me too i got one of them out of the way for 2021 <laughs> <laughs> get it out knock it out early knock it out in january but yeah i was a wreck today that's when i when i messaged you and i was like like when i woke up i woke up at like 3 p.m and i was like oh we got a podcast in like four hours so that's when i, gave <laughs> it and I was like hey you want to uh you want to do it tonight or tomorrow <laughs> damn it so then I got up and started cooking and making coffee and uh, I still had like a shitload of snow to shovel. But, uh, but you know what? That's enough. That's enough blizzard talk. This is a hockey podcast. And uh, yeah. why, why talk about cold weather? Why talk about cold weather? We're here to talk about pro beach hockey. Yes. On the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you remember that on ESPN too? Yeah. There, yeah, I, I just watched a little YouTube documentary about it recently. But yeah, it was just they had a they played roller hockey on the beach in California, and the, they had ramps on the sides or on the ends. That uh, I don't know. It was a whole gimmick thing, but uh, it's pretty interesting. <laughs> I mean, they, 
it's 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 worth watching it it's a youtube documentary but i was like oh this i remember just like watching it and it wasn't like super competitive and supposedly it was a nightmare because the sand would get everywhere and sand and sand and inline skates don't don't mix at all but uh on top of that, uh, I really want to talk about this week because Mr. Rosenberg is one of the biggest Rangers fans I know. Uh, yes. we, can, we can do a Rangers episode. And yeah, which is uh, it's interesting because the Rangers were my, uh, they were the team that I followed before Colorado got a team. Really? Yeah, because I really, I really got into hockey like most people with the, with the game NHL 94. Oh, uh, right. And they were like unreal. They were unreal. They were so good. And then I also like my friends who were in hockey, like I remember the start of the season, like, you got to root for the Rangers. You got to root for the Rangers. And I was like, all right, I'll root for the Rangers. And then of course they ended up having like one of the most epic playoffs ever. Oh yeah. I, I mean, that's what made me a hockey fan is the 94 playoffs. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I'm going to start off with it with a quiz right there. Who did okay. they, who did they play in each round of the 94 playoffs? Okay. So- and how many games? Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. First round. The first one was the first round, the Islanders. First round was the Islanders. How many games? I believe that was a six game series. No, it was a sweep. It was a sweep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was... Then was the Devils, right? No, Devils were in the conference. Were the conference finals? Because uh, the Devils were the Devils were the conference finals, but the guarantee was in the semifinals. Correct? Messier's guarantee. It was like in Game Six or Seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah let's see. Uh, I'm gonna guess. See, I didn't remember this at all, so don't feel bad. Montreal. Uh, Capitals. Capitals, really? Yeah. yeah, five games. Uh, then was the Devils, and that Devils was six seven. games, correct? And that was Mato, Mato, Mato. Yeah, it was a huge uh thing that um like morning zoo DJs would have fun with for probably another five months afterwards with Mateo. Well, that would be like, no, you know, so-and-so is walking into the studio and it looks like they ran into a table and then they would just play the clip of the, of the call of Mateo. (laughs) Oh man. The beauty of being a, a DJ is that you can't see the reaction to your stupid joke. So you assume everything's crushing. Yeah, exactly. It just it, doing Zoom comedy shows. Oh yeah, it's very much that. It's uh, yeah, it's like an open mic where <laughs> you can't see the audience. And man, you see, so, I you hear so many bad jokes in morning radio. That's why they laugh at each other so much. They're each other's hype men. Uh, but yeah, it is it is awful. And then uh, and then uh, get the final was get seven games against Vancouver. Seven games against Vancouver, which I just looked it up. I didn't realize Vancouver was the seventh seed. Really? I didn't realize that either. Yeah, I had no idea. I assumed they were like a, a, a high seed. I, I knew the Rangers like won the President's Trophy, like they were the best team in the league that year. But yeah, I assumed they'd be fairly high ranking. But that was the year that, that San Jose 
was their first trip to the playoffs and they upset the Red Wings in the first round. Mm-hmm. So, and then, uh, and then I think uh, Vancouver beat Calgary, which was the number two seed uh, uh, in seven in the first round. And then Vancouver kind of cruised through the rest of the playoffs till they got to, till they got to the Rangers. And that was like, so I was a hardcore Rangers fan for about two years. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then Colorado got a team which I still really rooted for the Rangers. Although I think over time I've become more of a, a Maple Leafs fan than Rangers. Yeah, I think the Maple Leafs are a fun team to root for. Yeah. They are, but the moment they win the cup, I'm going to... go going to be unbearable. Yeah, oh my God. It's going to be, especially if they pull like a Red Sox and start winning all the time. Oh yeah. They'll, they'll quickly be te- become one of the most hated teams. And I have a disproportionate amount of friends from what they would refer to as the GTA or the greater Toronto area. Okay. So like, I'm going to have to very directly hear about it. If they start winning Stanley cups. I know dude. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's weird. It's kind of like, you know, I was, I got to be a pretty big Red Sox fan when they were first chasing that first world series thing. Like I was watching them Mm -hmm. every day. And same thing with the Cubs, you know what I mean? And like once once the Red Sox won it, I was like, ah, oh, fuck the Red Sox, especially because they beat the Rockies in the World Series a few years later. And then uh, I was like, yeah, you know, <laughs> fuck the Red Sox. And then I uh, started just be like, oh, the Cubs, the Cubs are who you focus on. But now the Cubs won it too, and I'm like so sick of the Cubs. It's just, oh, God. But yeah, I remember watching the Rangers a bunch, and uh, there was, I want to talk to you about these years of like the late 90s, early 2000s, where- okay the Rangers more or less had all-star teams that were terrible. They had so many like big names on their teams. Like this. Yeah. I mean, that's when we had like Gretzky, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But you guys were good with Gretzky. I mean, I'm talking a little afterwards, like during your Lindros and Pavel Bure days. And oh, in our Peter Nedved days. Peter Nedved and Bobby Holik. And you guys were just, the Rangers were signing big names. Kevin Stevens. He brought Kevin Stevens back for after he got out of rehab. Some of my favorite players in Rangers history are on those teams and they're not the, uh, the, the big names, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like your Darren Langdon's and your Ulf Samuelson's. I mean, that's when Barnaby was on the team. That's when Barnaby was on the team. That's uh, when briefly uh, Theo Fleury was on the team. Right. Yeah. He was, he was with the abs first. And didn't he like more or less, Kind of hit rock bottom while on the Rangers. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, New York City is a very easy place to hit rock bottom. Right, right. And then I remember because they they didn't they send him to like Columbus afterwards, just kind of like that'll sober you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I it, Florida was very exciting. You guys had uh, Anson Carter during that time. Dancing Anson Carter. Uh, you know, you guys seemed to lose and re-sign Kovalev every two years. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I'm just yeah. scrolling through some of these names, and it's a real trip down memory lane here. I, I know, right? It's It's a lot of fun. Um, PJ Stock. <laughs> fucking. Uh, he was a fighter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mike Knubel. You guys had Kristoff uh, uh, Oliwa, who is uh, one of the few Polish players ever to play. We had Alexander Daig for one season. Uh, was he any good? No. 
Yeah, was he ever good? No, but he always was talked about like he was good. Yeah, he was like a first overall pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I had a bunch of his hockey cards, but like I looked back on him, I was like, what did he did he ever have like a good season and then kind of petered out, or was he always just kind of a, a big disappointment? And then I think this era kind of ended when you guys got Yager. Mm-hmm. Because then Yager was actually good. I'm just looking at some of these other names that like Radic Dvorak we had. Yeah. Fucking Gee Bear. <laughs> yeah. Who's from New York? Mm-hmm. Um we had Manny Malhotra who I never remembered being good, but people say that he was good. Yeah, Casparitis. Uh, <laughs> what whatever happened to Dan Blackburn? He hurt his shoulder in uh, in uh, preseason camp one year. Yeah, and that, that kind of ended his career. Yeah, he it got like the nature of the injury. He couldn't lift his arm above, uh, like his shoulder. Yeah. And for for a goaltender, you got to have full range of flexibility, you know. Right, or go back to the old like '80s stand-up goaltending, which mm-hmm. <laughs> which if you watch hockey in the '80s, it didn't seem to work very well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Bill Bird talks about that too. He's like, when you watch old clips of hockey, and like people will score, and the goalie will like fall back and catch himself on the crossbar. Yeah. He's like, what the? Are they drunk? What the hell is going on? Like, how did they think? Like, how how did the butterfly style takes so long to like get popular. It's just like the stand-up style doesn't work. Like you guys can't stop low pucks unless it hits your stick or your skate. But I'm I'm mixing up my goaltenders. I'm sorry. I can't. What do you mean? Blackburn just kind of. Uh, or no, maybe I don't know. Maybe both him and Stephen Valaket had career-ending injuries while on the Rangers. Yeah. The Rangers were uh, was popular down. enough to be kept around. Dude, wow, Mar- Marcel Hosa was on it. Peter Pruka. Did you guys have Michael Pekka at one point? We did have Michael Pekka. Yeah, I just feel like everyone that kind of like was ever in the conversation for an award in the '90s, the Rangers picked up in the 2000s. We had Brendan Shanahan for a couple of years. Oh yeah. Um, my my favorite two of my favorite players are listed back to back on this all time roster, and it made me very happy. Which is Ryan Holweg and Colton Orr. Holweg was a he was kind of a fighter, right? He wanted to be, or is he like I'm? The only thing I remember about him is because uh, he was he suffered a really bad injury. Uh, Chris Simons like swung a stick and hit him in the face. Mm-hmm. And it like, and Simon got suspended like, like for a long time. But it was, I remember them just saying, it's like, well, Holloway is one of those guys that when you know, when you're on the ice, you know, he's, he just hits everyone. Yeah. So like these guys, like they, they go in the corner and they just know Holloway's coming right behind him. And that's exactly what Simon is. He went into the corner instead of playing the puck, just turned around and baseball bat swung. Yeah, he's one, but the thing about him was that he liked to hit people, but he didn't have the fist to back it up. Yeah. So he would throw a dirty hit, but then the gloves would drop, and you're like, well, have a good night, bud. 
<laughs> yeah, I like I like bad fighters. I like guys that are willing to drop the gloves and aren't that good at fighting. Mm-hmm. I find it very charming. So looking at this, a lot of it makes me realize how long I've been watching this goddamn team. Like, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember when they came around, and it's like 15 years ago. Yeah, right. Brandon Dubinsky started playing in 2006. Is he still playing? Yeah, he's in. Uh, he's in Columbus, I believe, still. All right. Because uh, I remember that he, him, and uh, Artem Anisimov, who I had a very big soft spot in my heart, were uh, traded for Nash of that uh, Nash train. Yeah, yeah. All right. An- another guy. Did Nash ever have any good years with the Rangers? Well, he had 2014, where we went to the Stanley Cup final. Oh, he, he was on the team that year. Yeah. All right. Was he good? Um. Yeah, he was fine. He, he uh, wait, no, no, no. I'm sorry. He came the year after that. Because I, in my head, I was like, well, he uh. He had all all those goals that propelled us, but that was Martin San Luis that I was thinking of. Oh yeah, who unfortunately remembered how to be a good hockey player after his mother died. Wait, that's his story. No, no, no. But it's as a Rangers fan, he was on the team for like half the season before that happened and played like absolute fucking garbage. Yeah. And then right before the playoffs, his mom died and he just turned it on and like went back to being like the Martin San Louis that you used to play as in on an all-star team in NHL 2010 or what have you, you know? Right. Oh, dude, St. Louis is a perfect video game character. Just small and fast and <laughs> and flashy. You can stick handle. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. Uh, so I want to ask you this because uh, as a, as a Colorado Avalanche fan, mm-hmm. uh, this, this in my memory is the most famous Avalanche versus Rangers moment, and I don't. I want to know if it's if you guys remember it as big as we do because they you see the clip a lot in like hockey's wildest moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a game during the Gretzky years when the abs were playing like shit, I think the Rangers were up by like, you know, three or four goals and Wad just takes the puck and starts dribbling up the ice. Just, just skates out of the net. Moment of shame for us. Yes. Yeah. And he, and he gets to Gretzky at the half line and does a spinorama and Gretzky doesn't even like try to like, Gretzky's like baffled. Like what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. And Wad is like a spinorama, and then he crosses the he crosses the red line and gets a penalty because goalies can't touch the puck on the other side of the red line. Apparently, uh, I wonder if that's which, still a rule, or if that went out the window with the two line pass and all. I, I think it's a rule. It's such a stupid rule. It's like it does, that doesn't give anybody an advantage. It would be amazing if, a, for some reason, a goalie had to like come up and play the puck that far out. You know what I mean? It would only be exciting. So let me ask you this as a non-Rangers fan, because I'm always curious to hear when it comes to who who people think when they're not fans of a franchise, who is their favorite player on a franchise? 
Ooh, okay. My favorite ranger. My favorite ranger is Mike Richter. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, and that was just like, I, I think it was because in that, that 94 year, all my friends were for the, the Rangers too. And, you know, if Messier was your favorite player, then it's just kind of like, yeah. oh, that's, you know, that's the obvious choice. And one of my good friends loved Brian Leach. So I couldn't pick Brian Leach. And so the third most popular player in that roster was Richter. Yeah. And just like, oh, I'm a Richter guy. And uh, I think it was Richter I once heard in an interview to say that he was he was the youngest of all boys. And that's like a common thing in the NHL is the youngest goalies are the youngest of all of the youngest male in their family. Like it's it's very well, common. Want to shoot on them? I know exactly. Like the older brother's like, get in there and shut up. Stand there. We're gonna shoot. Stand there. <laughs> I don't care if it hurts. Ask mom and dad for pads for Christmas then. <laughs> but yeah, no, Mike Richter was my favorite. I mean, who's? I was wondering this when I was doing my Rangers research today. Who is the most iconic Ranger of all time? Is it Messier? It. I mean, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. For most people, it's really a generational thing, you know? Right. People my age is probably Messier. People 10 years younger than me, it's definitely Henrik Lundqvist. Oh, yeah. And people who are 15 years older than me, it's probably either Jockerman or Richard. Dude, I don't. It's so weird. I, I know so little about the Rangers before you know, before the nineties, it's like, I, I took a quiz today, like on New York Rangers quiz. And they were just asking all mm-hmm. these, and it was a like multiple choice. And they'd be like, who was the first Ranger to score this many goals? And then it'd be four names I've never heard of. I'd be like, Oh, um, <laughs> I'll just start clicking, I guess. Billy Bathgate. Yeah. But I mean, like you talk about the eighties and I know like, yeah. you know, I wasn't watching hockey in the eighties, but I know a lot about, you know, the Oilers and the, the Islanders of the eighties and, teams like that and you just don't and even like in the 70s like the flyers and and the canadians but like you just don't really hear a ton about the rangers in those decades yeah i mean well we we weren't good (laughs) obviously (laughs) oh shit you mean the the 54 years between when we won stanley cups that that era you're talking about yeah yeah well i also want to ask you about like the the curse are, are you, this this was in that trivia question it was like uh, talked about when the NHL kind of uh, fucked over the New York Americans after World War II. Like they, they ceased operations because so many of their players were were drafted into the military, yeah. but they were promised they could they could start back up when the war was over. And then the NHL kind of like took that back. And they're like, nah, Rangers are a better team anyway. They're more flashy. People like the Rangers. No one ever liked the Americans. And whoever the owner was of the Americans said, like, made some claim, like, the Rangers will never win a cup while I'm alive. And this, did, he, did he die in 1994, though? No, he, he died in the late 80s, so he was right. Uh, he was right. He yeah, was right. yeah, but uh, his name was, like, Donner or some shit. But, yeah, he was the, he was the coach of the Americans, which, when they, when they released those, those retro jerseys, as much as I liked that, that Rangers Statue of Liberty jersey, which is like the ones they were rocking during the Gretzky years. Mm-hmm. I was really hoping they would do like a New York Americans thing. Well, I think that they can't because I think 
that technically that name belongs to maybe the Red Wings. Really? Because I think the Rochester Red, uh, Red Wings also go by the New York Americans sometimes. Okay. So I think that they might have naming, they might own the rights to that franchise name. Yeah. The New York Americans. <laughs> the Americs is what they call them in Rochester. The what? Americs. It's Americans without the ANS at the end of it. Okay. <laughs> Americ? Yep. I like it. Uh, yeah. So I want to ask you about the uh, about Messier's Vancouver years. <laughs> okay. So like how awkward is that watching like watching Messier I mean at that point he was kind of like you know almost an iconic ranger and then he went and played for the Canucks for a while yeah and I remember that people thought that Pavel Bure coming and playing for the Rangers was some kind of uh like retribution for that but Bure only you know first off Bure didn't come in the height of his you know, ability is the way that Messier, who Messier left like what, two years after he won the cup, he went to Vancouver. Yeah. I want to say that. And then, um, Pavel Bure only came and played for like a season and was hurt for half of it. Yeah. Was that, is that his last, his last season in the NHL? Pavel Bure? Yeah. No, he went to Florida after that. Oh, and he like, he like had a goal, a goal scoring title in Florida, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh God, I, I hate that. <laughs> I hate when players come to your team, aren't good, and then go leave elsewhere and are good again. No, <laughs> no, no. no he, it's he, the other way around. He came to us after he went to. Uh... Yeah, 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 yeah. He had two almost sixty goal seasons in Florida. Oh, that's wild. Uh, you know that that first season that he tr- got traded to the Rangers, he scored twelve goals in twelve games. That's pretty flashy, right? And twenty and then, in twelve games. Uh, oh yeah, he came mid-season. What do you know? And then he got hurt in the preseason the next year. It's to me when they list strep throat as one of the injuries that he suffered. It's like that. I don't think that counts as an injury. <laughs> strep throat. Yeah. It killed Jim Henson. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Untreated strep throat. Uh, let's see. What, oh, then what was... So Messier came back to the Rangers after Vancouver. Yes. Was he good in those years? Or was he, oh. just like, he was like a fourth liner at that point, right? He should have been a fourth liner at that point. <laughs> but he was Messier. <laughs> it was Mark Messier. So he, uh, he... He was probably a ping pong between the second and third line, but he should have only been on the fourth line the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I remember watching uh, some, some hockey analysts talking about, I want to say it was Ray Ferraro. Did he, did Ray Ferraro play for the Rangers? I, I believe so. Anyway, they were talking about like when, when players have more clout than the coach, you know what I mean? Like the star, like the coaches have to kiss, the, kiss their ass. Oh and, yeah, and the, the and he came back during the time when we were like in the real coaching uh, carousel kind of mode, you know. Yeah, did did Glenn say they're actually like hire himself as coach at one point? 
I think he might have. I, I mean, James Dolan doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, so that would yeah. surprise me. <laughs> uh, I just remember, like, Ferraro talking about, he's like, I've been on more than a few teams where really Messier was the coach, where Mark mm-hmm. Messier was the coach. <laughs> I was like, it's funny. <laughs> Is that, oh, he, wait, was Keenan, was Mike Keenan the coach of the Rangers at one point? Mike Keenan was the coach in 1994 when we won a Stanley Cup. He was okay, yeah. And didn't did him and Messi hate each other? Everything Keenan, hated Mike Keenan. Yeah, he seems like such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. Yeah, but I think he wound up in Vancouver later. Yeah, he, him, and uh, and Tortorella both were players who or coaches who were hated and then ended up in fucking. Vancouver. Yes, yes. Two times he coached. Uh, he coached between John Muckler and uh, Ron Lowe. I don't. I don't. The name Ron Lowe. I ha- I'm a person who may not be able to like give you like straight recall, but it takes a lot for me not to recognize the name at all. Yeah, and I could not tell you who Ron Lowe is for the life life of me. I'm picturing a bushy gray mustache. I don't know why. Let's see what Wikipedia has to say. No picture. <laughs> uh, yes. Bushy uh, bushy mustache. Did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But and then, we had, and then we had Trottier. Yeah. He, he was an abs assistant and then went to the Rangers. Yeah. And then Glenn Sather. Yeah. Then Tom Rennie. Then Torts, second time around. Uh, then AV, and now David Quinn. Well, and then Vino, he came from Vancouver as well. So you guys have yeah, a lot. We, we practically traded coaches in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have a weird connection with a team on the opposite side of the of the continent. Yeah, yeah, just just exchanging players. And didn't Maslin come play for you guys? Or mm-hmm. Maslin start with you guys? No, he, he came over, though. He did? Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Um, we've also had a lot of the um, African-American players in the league. Not always the most famous ones, but a lot of them. Do you guys have Jason Doig? We had Jason Doig. We had Ruman Endor. Do you remember him? Was he the, the Nigerian guy? Yes. Yeah. We had um I think we might have had we had we definitely had Donald Brashear. Uh we had uh who's the one that we just had recently that isn't the current one? Uh we like we said we had Anson Carter. Uh you had Sandy McCarthy. Sandy McCarthy. Um Man, Sandy McCarthy wore like one of those big, stupid old helmets. I guess Messier wore the same one, but like it just yeah. looked, it looked so, his, he had a big head and he was wearing that helmet that makes it so much bigger. And he looked, he always looked so goofy to me. Um, oh, fuck. We have this new guy that I was just telling you about, uh, Keandre Miller, who is very exciting. Uh, Derek Broussard is not, the same person as I thought he. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't. 
I don't, I don't have time to, to, to follow uh, Rangers prospects other than Caco and Lafreniere. Yeah. Those, those are the ones that I, that I'm invested in. Uh, oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. So I was reading Messier's Wikipedia page. Mm-hmm. And so he's still, he still lives in New York. Yeah. And he's, you know, kind of a man about town there. Uh, and I had no idea. Have you ever been to the Kingsbridge Armory? No. So it's this big armory out in the Bronx that he like helped fund to turn into like the biggest like hockey complex in America. I think there's, there's nine rinks inside of it. Wow. This the place looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, what? I've never heard of it. And I was like, I gotta go to there. I, I don't like going to the Bronx, but fuck. Wow. This place looks incredible. I know. Right. Yeah, apparently Messier was kind of the, uh, I don't know, the brains, but he was a lot of the uh, funds behind it. I'm going to go there this weekend, I think. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they'll sponsor us since we're, we're <laughs> traffic there. Driving, uh, driving traffic. Yeah. Do you remember... Oh. Uh, one, one, one of the – the Rangers have had some really uh, iconic fights. Uh, had the one where uh, players started going into the crowd to fight the, the fans. Well, that was Bruins, right? Yeah, that was against the Bruins. Okay. Uh, we had uh, – we had the – Dan Cloutier uh, massacre of Tommy Sallow. Right. Uh, which we talked about on the first episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sure we'll talk about it many more times. It's I used to have that clip saved on my computer, like downloaded as a video. And I think I had two videos on my whole computer. And that was one of them. And then we had right... So one, one of my favorite things in all of hockey is when they let the two teams that are playing in one of the outdoor games play, they very clearly tell them you are not allowed to fight each other during the outdoor games. <laughs> yeah. But they always give them one game either right before or right after that. Yeah. They're just like, have fun. <laughs> Get it all out now because you can't do it on national TV. And there was one in 2014. We played the Devils, and it was uh, it wasn't a Winter Classic. It was when they did the Stadium Series. Yeah, yeah. And the Rangers played back to back outdoor games at Yankee Stadium. Uh, one against the Islanders, one against the Devils. But the Devils game. Uh, Tortorella sends out his um, his first line. And I can't remember who the coach of New Jersey is, sends out his goon line. Okay. And Tortorella then pulls his first line off the ice, sends Mike Rupp, uh, Stu Bickle, and <laughs> Maybe Brandon Prust was the third one. Okay. And it was one of the great classic 
line brawls, just drop the puck. Nobody's going to try to win the faceoff. Everybody's taking off their gloves and their helmets as the, as the refs are like, well, I guess, I guess we're just going to let them do this. <laughs> Three fights going on and it's so much fun to watch. And you'll appreciate this as somebody who works in production to watch how hard the camera crews are working to try to capture all three fights at the same time. Yeah. Well, at least they're trying to capture it and not just like showing the coach reactions. Well, the coach reactions are all happening before the puck even drops because Torts is like, I see what you're doing, you fucking asshole. <laughs> so the coaches are jack jaw jacking at each other. The players are just resigned to the fact that they've been sent out to brawl with each other. Yeah. It just, man, I loved it so much. It really made my day. I remember, I think it was an actual winter classic, Rangers Flyers. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, the Rangers were winning at the end, and it was clearly, they, they, they'd pull a lot of bullshit during these winter classics to try to make the games, uh, you know, to try to draw new fans. But they just started, like, they pretty much let Philadelphia have a power play be on the power play for the last 10 minutes of the game. They just kept calling yeah. on the Rangers. And then at one point, Philadelphia did something horrific and it wasn't called. And then followed by just another Ranger going to the box for something small. And then Tortorella like straight up called him out in the press conference afterwards. He's like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't get the memo that we were supposed to let him tie it up. Yeah. And then and Mike Rupp scored two goals in that game. Yeah, well, he got in so much trouble too. And it was just kind of like, I always wonder what that conversation was just afterwards for Colin Campbell's just kind of like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you think it's good for you to, to, to call it, you know, to say these games are rigged? Like, you think it's good for the <laughs> You're going to make more money if people are convinced the NHL's rigged? Do you, do you remember when uh, HBO used to do the 24 sevens about uh, the yeah. team? There's a moment in the 24 seven about the Rangers and uh, the Flyers that is probably my favorite sports moment ever captured on video which is when Mike Rupp scored his second goal he did the salute yeah the Yager yeah and was Yager playing on the, on the Flyers at the time Yager was playing on the Flyers at the time yeah and Claude Giroux and Wayne Simmons got the biggest hair up their ass about how disrespectful they thought it was yeah just like like of all the things happening they're like oh you think that's funny you think it's funny that guy's a legend you think it's funny <laughs> and Robin's like yeah I think it's very funny and I think it's even funnier how upset you're getting about it and they're like well we're going to shoot the goalie next time because there was a game a couple weeks beforehand yeah um Artem Anisimov scored a goal, and then his celebration was he aimed the uh, butt of his stick at the at whoever was the goalie of uh, Tampa at the time, and like pretended like it was a rifle. Yeah, and got kicked out of the game for it. Really? Yeah. And then that's another great moment in twenty four seven, where he's sitting in the the locker room by himself, and all the players come in, and he's like. I'm sorry, it's not a real gun. I... <laughs> and everybody's just like, yeah, we know it's not a gun. We know it's... 
But then these guys are just talking about how the next time they score, they're gonna do, they're gonna copy this weird celebration from Artem and Nisimov to be disrespectful to, I guess, a third string player, as opposed to the legend that Mike Rupp did. And the best part yeah. is they never scored again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is a good part. I, those aren't on TV anywhere. I looked. I tried looking them up. The twenty four sevens. Yeah. Oh, shitty. They did once they moved to the NHL network are still on the NHL network, but the ones that HBO did. Yeah. They're just in a weird nebulous world where nobody has the rights to them. Huh. Well, it's a bummer. That's what I'm going to, people talk about what they're going to do when they win the lottery. I'm just going to buy the rights to Rangers Flyers 24 seven and print it on DVD for my friends. Yeah, <laughs> I spend I spend so much time looking up obscure. It's not, I mean, it's not always hockey stuff, but just things that like don't exist anywhere. Like I was just watching, yeah. I was just watching the the made for TV version of The Shining. Yes, which is impossible to find. It's on Daily Motion. That's Stephen King's preferred version of The Shining. It's not bad. I mean, it's like it's kind of like it like the original it where it's just there's so much stuff that's just just screams made for tv Mm -hmm. which is painful but like yeah i read the book and it's so much closer to the book and the book's great and i mean kubrick made a cool movie but it's so (laughs) it's it's not like the book it's kubrick's movie it's not stephen king's movie you know right right but yeah no i'm always tracking down obscure movies like that i watched the uh the death of superman lives recently Mm-hmm. A documentary about the failed Tim Burton Nicholas Cage Superman movie that just completely fell apart halfway through. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Also another thing you can watch on YouTube. Well, I watched this Christmas. I watched the Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh my God, Life Day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, that that is unwatchable. That's yeah. I mean. It's, it's so clear that they they just had they sold the advertiser in advance and they didn't have a plan and they were just like, go for it. I mean, there's the first fifteen minutes is there's no words. It's just it's just Chewbacca's family grunting to each other and there's no <laughs> dude. It's painful. <laughs> it's really tough. But yeah, now I got to track down these twenty four sevens because I, I, lo- I love finally stumbling upon these obscure movies that I'm looking for. Yeah, man. Um, what else is, uh, do you have any other Rangers? Um, I feel very embarrassed because I uh, pulled a real Homer move when we were picking teams for the first episode and uh, boy, the Rangers are worse than I thought they were. Oh, whatever. We're, <laughs> we're not far enough into the season, although it is a sure. short season. So these, you know, being shitty, your first half dozen games could come back to bite you in the ass. Yeah, uh, and, uh, there's no all-star game this year, right? Yeah. Good. Dude, fuck the all-star game. It's, it's the worst. Like that was when I was taking these quizzes earlier, like, like I was like, oh, I'll brush up on Rangers history and whatnot. One of them was like, would you like to take the all-star quiz? And I was like, no, I don't want to take the All-Star quiz. I believe that the All-Star game in 1994 was at the Garden, though. I'm going to look that was up. It, was it? I believe it was. Because I I looked up Madison Game Garden. What the fuck? 
Yeah. Well, one of those around that time was when Bork was the MVP. Yeah. And I want to say that happened in Boston. But I think that was the year after. Yeah, 1994 NHL All-Star game. Yeah. It was uh, John Van Beesbrook won the, uh, in kind of a weird homecoming, won the goalie competition. Yeah. Um, and no Rangers. Oh, Messier. Uh, Messier had three assists. But Van Breesbrook was the MVP. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I was going to talk to you about that too, is that in NHL 94, I always played as the Rangers and it didn't occur to me until for years afterwards that, you know, the, the Rangers made a lot of roster moves that year. Yeah. And the, the starting lineup at NHL 94 had a lot of players who weren't on the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, uh, Van Beesbrook was the backup director, right. which in that, and he wasn't around that season. Um mm-hmm. Mike Gardner was the starting right wing and he got traded for. I loved Mike Gardner. Yeah, I did too. Uh, one of the fastest guys ever. Uh, he got traded for Glenn Anderson and then Isa Tikkanen. Was Isa Tikkanen on the. Uh... He was on, he was on the cup team. He was on the cup team. Okay. He came afterwards. Yeah. Uh, and then was James Patrick on the cup team? Cause that's who was the other defender besides Brian Leach. I don't think so. Was Joey Kukur? Joey Koser. Is that how you pronounce that word? Yeah, the fighter. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I only remember him as a Red Wing. Yeah, I think that he got traded midway through the season in a in a effort to bring in uh, maybe Sergei Zubov. All right. Uh, yeah, I think we got rid of Anderson, Lowe, and Gardner and brought in um uh, Zubov and maybe McTavish trip. Yeah, well, McTavish was definitely on that team. I remember, yeah. I remember you know, watching it being like, where the fuck's his helmet? Yeah, the, the last Brian of the helmet. Brian Noonan was the third person we brought in. Who was? Brian Noonan. Okay. Um, Defenseman who did not do very much. What, was Eddie Olzik on there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I remember in NHL '94, whenever Messier got a got a penalty, Olzik was the backup center, and it must have been like a glitch in the game because he was slow and he couldn't shoot, and he scored so many goals. Like every <laughs> shot he took with him went in, and I was like, "Holy shit, Olzik!" And I, uh, Kovalev was also like not a yes. starting. He wasn't on the starting lineup. No. '94, but he was also an amazing player. Like if you you could sub him in. One of my favorite things to do when I used to play that game would be to promote Jeff Bookaboom to uh, <laughs> yeah for no reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was he was good then, right? Like that, that was that was his prime. Yeah, but he he he's not first first line on a hockey and video game good, you know? No, no, he's he's very much an Adam Foot type, just kind of like gritty, rough. Yeah, get the job done. Put him out. Put him up against the first line. He's not better than Alexander Karpatsev. <laughs> He's not. No, not better than. Uh, certainly wasn't better than Brian Leach or Doug Lidster. Yeah. 
man. There's so many names on this roster that I'm just like bringing back memories. Nick Kiprios. He's Greek, right? Nick Kiprios? No, he's Canadian. Are you looking at the 94 roster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Esatikanen. Mark Messier's brother, Joby. Wait, Messier's brother played for the team? I don't know if he was actually his brother, but I, it's just funny to me that there are two Messiers on the team at the same time. It's not a very, it's not the most common name in the world. So I just, I just been looking at the the '96 roster. Mm-hmm. I just had three players named Ferraro. Three? Yeah, yet you had the twins, Peter and Chris Ferraro, and then Ray mm-hmm. Ferraro. Ray Ferraro. Yeah. You know what's funny is that Ray was the one I remembered. I didn't remember Peter or Chris. Yeah, I mean, I I only remember them because they were twins and they were like the yep. first twins before the uh, Sedins. Mm-hmm. But I think they were kind of like they were hyped prospects that never lived up to much. Uh, you guys had Robitaille, Sundstrom, and Verbeek. Yeah, Le Perrier. You're looking at the '96 roster. Yeah. Yeah, and you had Yari Curry that year. Oh, uh, we did. I do remember Yari Curry. Dude, we had we signed Yari Curry that the Abs did for his last season in the NHL, and it was totally one of those seasons where like, oh man, he was in his forties. He was terrible, but I think he had like, he came in needing like four or five goals to hit six hundred, mm-hmm. and it took him eighty games to do it. <laughs> 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 and he was like as soon as they got to the playoffs he was like a healthy scratch every game he was old slow oh yeah. my or am i looking at i'm looking at the 96 97 roster 96 yeah yari curry played 14 games for the rangers and scored one goal <laughs> for the for the abs he played 70 games, scored five goals, and finished his career with 601 goals. Shane Gorilla is on this roster, and he is a player that I loved a lot who was very bad but was a great fighter. Who's this? Shane Churla. Okay, I, I recall the name. Stat line, zero goals, zero assists, zero points. <laughs> I'm of the... I'm of the, the theory that every single player on your team owes you at least one goal. Even if they're like the most defensive defensemen, it's like, man, if you play a full season, you better put one in the net. I mean, if you play, he played 16 games in that season before he got hurt, it says, and didn't record a single point, but did record 36 penalty minutes in 16 games. Most players on the roster don't have that many. <laughs> yeah. So I thought it was funny. I, you probably would have no, don't know this not being an Avs fan, but uh, uh, Nate McKinnon got nominated this year for the Lady Bing, you know, the most gentlemanly player. Because, mm-hmm. like, his, throughout the regular season, he had, like, less than, less than 10 penalty minutes, which in the playoffs that same year, he had almost double that including two penalties for unsportsmanlike conduct for screaming at the refs. And then it was just like, it was really awkward because he'd already been nominated for Lady Bing. And I think 
I think McKinnon's probably an asshole, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was funny to see him just act like the exact opposite of, of what he'd been nominated for. But I don't know. I think we should wrap up this episode. It's been a good Rangers episode. Yep. It has been a very good Rangers episode. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it as well. Uh, all how many listeners do I assume we have by episode three? We're going to have four listeners. Four whole listeners. Yes. Uh, so let your Rangers friends know. And I uh, will. we'll be back next week. Cool. Uh, John, thanks for being the guest. Thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh, sign off with the song again. Enjoy it, folks. Work all day has got me sick. I'm tired of all the politics. Only one thing does the trick. Time for broken shtick. Part hockey, part comedy, you get all of your kicks for free. There's only one place to be, here on Broken Shtick. The world is changing, don't you blink, outside and inside the rink. Go and pour yourself a drink, it's even later than you think. Just played you a trick And you feel like a lunatic Grab a puck and a stick real quick It's time for Broken Shtick It's time for Broken Shtick It's time for Broken Shtick